Let's get ready to rumble on the Zero Hour Podcast. By now, you know I am the co-host. What's my name? Mark Fiertz. And we got to my right... Christine Chapman, your host. Oh, can I get a hell yeah? (laughs) I think we need to start by saying this is episode 25, Mark. You just said it. We're rolling, girl. Are we rolling? Don't most people stop after episode seven? Episode seven, yes. And David confirms episode seven is where people usually decide, you know what? I'm done podcasting. We're just getting started, girl. We are just getting started. Honestly, this is like one of the favorite things for me to be able to do. And it's so wonderful that I get to like call it work somewhat. It is like uh, an emotional cleanse. Right. It's like, what are those things that people eat? They do like these cleanses. What is that? They're cleanses. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, my cleanse, honestly. Yes. It it gets me uh, hype. It gets me in front of a microphone, right? Which is your happy place. Most definitely. Yes. Um, and on today's episode 25, we're going to bring it home a little bit. Uh, Christine is just back from about 10 days uh, in Vermont. Uh, many of our listeners may or may not know, well, they're about to learn, that she is also the chair of a nonprofit, right? An education nonprofit. Yes. It's called the Ca- uh, College Access Project, CAP for yes. short. And every year, Christine takes kids into the Good Commons in Vermont, in Plymouth, Vermont. Yes. And Christine, talk to us about. Growth from last year, the model you're working with, the kids who participated and enjoyed, and what CAP, College Access Project, is doing. Wow. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for that very kind introduction. I am coming off of what was a really, really exhausting and wonderful week with students and with colleagues and... um, The College Access Project is my baby. It's my what can I do in the world to give back back in some way, shape, or form. And it was actually um, a vision that started as a result of COVID. Um, During COVID, there were so many newspaper articles about students who were deciding not to go to college, not to apply to college, because they didn't have the resources, because they didn't think they could afford it, because they weren't necessarily sure how to compete. And I thought initially, how can I be part of sharing what I know, what little I know, to um, make sure that that's not happening? Because a lot of the kids who were making those decisions were usually socioeconomically disadvantaged or feeling like they could not because they didn't want to further burden their family's financial situation. And I imagined that that kid could be my kid. Because I have come to understand in life that there are times when one can be socioeconomically rich and able to afford a lot, but that money comes and goes. And I had been in a situation myself where things were not easy post-divorce, being a single mom, fully, you know, financially responsible for my kids. And I thought, you know, one of those kids could be my kid. Are and you, what can I do? Are you lying in bed awake, 3 a.m.? I know you do that. But are you thinking of new business models and specifically, in this case, on how to give back? Like, it was that, has that been an entrepreneur so, or is that an entrepreneurial's 
an entrepreneur's uh, thing? Is it a goal for entrepreneurs to give back in, in some way, shape, or form? So I think, I think, I think there are different um, definitions that entrepreneurs may, you know, sort of give the work that they do in terms of their entrepreneurial pursuits, and I think that. Somebody who decides that they want to build a business on the basis of trying to solve a real problem ultimately is going to do something that allows for them to give back. Now, they can give back by donating a portion of their profits on a personal basis or on a business level, like on a corporate basis, to a cause. Or they can potentially decide that they're going to build a nonprofit or a benefits corporation that ultimately will be in existence for the benefit of others or some combination, I think. And, you know, I have my money making, you know, my bread winning business, which is private college counseling and private secondary school counseling. But really, my sort of heart and soul these days has been in the work that I do, not necessarily to pay the bills, but to give back. So, um, so the, the, the big problem, the ha- big, hairy, audacious problem here is socioeconomics and underprivileged kids financially only, right, who have the same brain power and the same capacity to give and to learn, but just don't have the means to do so. And that's what you're solving for, in part, correct? Talk about that. So so the problem in and of itself is college access as a whole, right? So this idea that every student should have the opportunity, the tools, and the guidance – to compete at the highest levels to find the school that best matches them and be able to afford it is the goal that I was looking to fulfill in whatever way I could. And I'm not a financial aid specialist, Mark, but what I have done over the years is I've helped students look at all of their achievements and A, become their greatest cheerleader, because I do believe that every child deserves and needs a champion to be their cheerleader and be in their corner to tell them, hey, I see you. I see the potential in you. I see how smart you are. Let's take a look and celebrate all that you have done and that you bring to the table as a human being, as a student, as a community member, as an athlete, as an artist, as whatever, right? And I wanted to be able to make sure that all kids had that so that they could have that sense of confidence and the knowledge and the guidance to be able to confidently approach the admissions process. And and that's my one give back because that's all I know. I, right? I, I can't imagine how many kids would be amazing leaders, inventions, like bringing stuff to the world that – would not be here if they hadn't been given the chance. Like, like how many opportunities have gone by where a kid just as smart, right, just as motivated, right. but just can't get there because they don't have the means or know-how or knowledge to do so, but mostly the means. Like, right. how much opportunity, how much invention has been lost because we haven't been able to bring these kids right. to the forefront. No, that's absolutely that's that's absolutely true. And I will say that one of the things that separates the College Access Project from other sort of college access models is the fact that we believe in a socioeconomically blended 
program, which means... What is... Yeah. Thank you. What does that mean? Yep. What that means is that I have my private clients who, you know, might want to participate in an in-person workshop and benefit from my team coming to college access program, uh, college access project programs like the one in Vermont was blended in that we had students who were able to fully pay the 2500 plus dollars in tuition to work with my team but we have also fundraised and worked to gain grants and done everything we can to be able to fully fund scholars to come who are free and reduced lunch kids who qualify for free SAT and ACT fee waivers and application fee waivers. And that was the magic I believed in. I believe that when students come together, regardless of socioeconomic background and the school systems that they have um, had the privilege to go to, that magic can happen and that there's so much learning to be done. And what made me so happy as I came home on Thursday night this week was to know that that experiment was indeed a reality and a possibility and that I was right, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, we, we talked about it privately. It's 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 got nothing to do with – we're not talking about money, right? We're talking about brains, right? We're talking about the same level of intelligence. And you have a kid who can afford it and you have a kid who can't afford it. They should both have access to the same opportunity. Absolutely. My, my, my question is this. How do people find out? And not just – I'm not just baiting you for like a URL and a website, right? But how do – there are so many kids – who need this, right? You know, we, we were talking earlier today about my friend from St. Louis, right? Yeah. Well, I want to get him on the show because he's got an amazing, like, story. But, Christine, how do you how – do, how do kids find out other than the URL? Like, what should they be looking at? Should they be talking to their schools about it? Like it just seems so, so unfair that they yeah. don't get the same level of of attention that a rich kid would. Well, there are so many college access programs out there, Mark, and you know many of them are in the school systems. Um, our greatest challenge in in this strange, different model, and and myself coming from a very sort of for profit private consulting background, it has been a challenge to figure out what works best. And we have a great consultant who who has been working to support me in my work in trying to spread the word. And honestly, the model has changed over the years. Um, What made this experiment possible and what made me able to sort of walk out of this past week saying, wow, the model works is we were able to, through our amazing consultant, shout out to Gabrielle. Um, Gabrielle brought a connection to the table and it was as simple as hey Nicole meet Christine Christine meet Nicole maybe there's synergy in the work that you are each doing with teens of different populations and maybe there's an opportunity to get together so it starts with a conversation and it starts with two passionate people potentially having a conversation and seeing where that conversation can go and Nicole Campbell of ownership is the future will be one of our guests in the future and she spoke so passionately of her mission to bring opportunity to black students um, who were just like she was um, as she was growing up. And she has been working to build a program that allows for young high school students in New York to be able to take 
an entrepreneurship class and come together within the school setting with other young students who see a problem, identify it, try to solve that problem and start a business. And the goal is to bring these businesses to market before these kids graduate from she high school. She is a force she of is nature. A powerhouse. All right. I got I, I cannot wait to get her on the show. Me too. Um, you talk about proof of the model. I want to break it down for people just a little bit more on what that what that business model is. Uh, is the business model, is it taking economically depressed versus the, the opposite of that and putting them together in the same room and coming out with the same results? Is that the model? It is taking students from every socioeconomic iteration and allowing for them to, as is the case in real life, coexist, collaborate, um, share and celebrate each other and to learn from one another as they go through a universal process and, no and one, rite of passage. And no one knows in the room or during the week who is who is what. Not really. Okay. Although, like, we don't talk about it openly, although I think that there may have been opportunity for certain students to know that there were students who were, you know, who were probably here as scholarship students, but we've never, we never spoke about it, you know, openly. So I, I know you're, uh, you're already talking to Good Commons in Plymouth, Vermont about uh, booking next year. Yes. Already. You just left. Thursday. It's... No, we are we are booking you know next year for the exact same sort of week and with what, the hope to bring back students. Yes. Well, what's what's your goal on volume of students and there and your assistants too? Because you already you doubled from last year to this year. We tripled. You tripled. Okay. Yes. We you tripled. want to triple again, or you want to do five x? What do you want to do? No, honestly, it would be really nice to have a fully blended program for both programs. This year we had one program that was not socioeconomically blended, not because we didn't want that to happen, but because just logistically enrollment ended in the way that it did. And then we had our second program, which was actually more than half of our students in our second program were fully funded. It was five fully funded students who were, who were scholarship kids versus four students who came in and, and were full pay kids, so to speak. And mm -hmm. what ended up happening was this magic that I didn't expect. Like here were these kids who were seeing a bear, a baby bear sort of, you know, in the backyard up the hill for the first time. We went and jumped into the falls at Buttermilk Falls together. We um, we all went to Woodstock together and enjoyed that. And what was so exciting for me was after we finished working at 10 o'clock at night, these kids hung out in the hot tub together. They, they talked until one or two in the morning. They learned from each other they exchange stories and that is awesome. the magic that was that was possible my goal for next year is potentially to be doing more of these programs not necessarily just at good commons maybe in other spaces as well but for the two programs that we are planning to run at Good Commons, my goal would be to have 50-50 enrollment in each of those programs and for the programs to grow not from nine max in one program this year, but to 12 max in each program. Is there, is there a max so you can have individual treatment? Does, does it get? I really think 12 is our max. Okay. You know, um, in terms of students, I think that is where the magic really 
really does happen. I think that if we go beyond that, it would be difficult. What if you had multiple states? Well, I I think that's possible. And college access is registered in multiple states, Florida, uh, California, Texas, Massachusetts, and New York. Um, And my hope is that we start making impact, hopefully, in all 50 states and 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 beyond. Could you do this uh, once a quarter? Could you do it a few times a year? Like, what's, what's the timing on it? So there are, you know, depending on how we develop these partnerships with organizations that potentially will send us students, I think we will be developing a model that will will ensure that students who are coming, who are coming from these programs, have adequate adequate programming throughout the year. Um, In terms of these big sort of boot camp programs like the application retreat, it really would be it would be possible in the month of August, potentially in the month of September, potentially in the month of October, and if we needed to, potentially just before New Year's. But that's that's a lot. I'd like to, in an ideal world, see these kids have most of their work done before they start senior year because that is the ideal situation. And is, is there like a, uh, a persona of the kid, not, not only the – intelligence and overachievers uh but do they want they want to get into competitive schools right like they don't want to go to school where i went to school you know like you know that's not really true mark i think i think that in terms of the students i work with there is a really good range like sure i have kids who are looking at the single digit admission schools that are you know the name brand value, Ivy League level, et cetera, et cetera, top 50 in the United States, like all of that stuff. But I also think that part of the work of what I do and what my team does is to help students find the right match for who they are so that they can leave high school and walk into that next stage feeling empowered, feeling prepared, and feeling like wherever they go, they can walk in feeling empowered and be rock stars and perform at a high level. So that that could be that could be SUNY Stony Brook. It could be it could be the University of Hartford. It could be Stanford University. It could be Georgetown. It could be Boston University or George Washington University. It doesn't necessarily have to be Harvard. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, one of those schools, so I mean, to speak. you know, we talked about this. The college process is a 180 from when I was a kid. Yes. You showed up with a check and a number two pencil, right? Well, and and you, you were in. And you didn't assume that you were going to feel beaten down at the end of the process. There, there was no process. We didn't have to write an essay. You fill out an application. Well, we did. You it mail just... it in. You licked, a, you licked a, an envelope and you put a stamp on it and you mailed it in, right? Yeah. But it hasn't been like that forever, right? No, I have. There are some schools that require like upwards of five or six essays, other schools that require none. But um, yeah, it's a process. And it's a process that kids feel like they that that they can't necessarily approach because it feels so overwhelming. And my job and my team's job is to help students understand, hey, we just need to break it down. Knowledge is power. And, and we're going to guide you through that. Um, Most definitely. That's awesome. So, hey, so, yeah. um, I have a question because you spell the word access 
a little differently. What's what's the URL of uh, the College Access it Project? It is www.thecollegeaccessproject.org. And if you go there, you will learn a little bit about our programs and learn about our vision, see some ugly videos, hopefully see a lot of pictures, and learn about our amazing board of directors and our amazing student advisory board of directors. Um, So please um, come and learn a little bit about what we do. And I offer, through the College Access Project, a free meeting to any student whether you have tons of money, whether you have never even thought of going to college before, um, and whether you think that there's nothing free in life, I swear to you that one um, meeting is helpful and can potentially set the stage for you to go off and do a DIY college process if you can't use us. But we offer financial aid. Our financial aid application is on the website. And we want nothing more than to be able to impact and greet as many students as is humanly possible. So please check us out. Thank you so much, Christine. So what y'all just heard was our host and the collegeaxesproject.org. Yes. And this is her passion. This is her life's work. She wants to give education to all. Thank Yay. you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Mark. And Um, yay, this was also... Episode... 25... In the bank, yo! ...of the Zero Hour Podcast. Yes, this is the Zero Hour Podcast. This is not the College Access Project show. But it... But it kind of is. Right now it is, episode 25. Yay! All right, my sister. Thank you. Peace.